With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode of the Misery Hunters podcast is brought to you by Teardrop Gin. Teardrop Gin is a local Saint supporting family business based here in Paisley. The latest batch is available to order now at teardropgin.co.uk and during lockdown they are offering free local delivery throughout Remshire and Barhead. Order by midnight and it will be delivered the next day. UK wide shipping is also available. This is the perfect gift for someone. You know Valentine's Day is coming up very, very shortly. Take advantage of the free local next day delivery and give it to someone special. Handwritten gift messages are available on the quest to add that personal touch. Head to teardropgin.co.uk. That is teardropgin.co.uk. Hello you miserable bastards and welcome to the Misery Hunters podcast. My name is Jamie Coburn and joining me today is Mark Jarden. Hello. And Sam Smith. Good evening. Uh, the other two. Legal troubles again. That's what I've heard. I, I heard that there's more to the Paul the Tim scenario than it's been let on and has involved two of our own, but rumours, they're just rumours. We don't know how they get started. <laughs> and well, we'll speak to the Celtic fans. We'll... Um, <laughs> we'll move on to the game from last night. Um, the, the, it was a bit disappointing. However, a lot of it was taken out of our hands because of a certain performance from a referee, which we'll get into. But uh, we'll go to Mark first. What, what's your thoughts on last night's match? I think it's one of those performances where, I mean, we're about to talk about it and you could you could tear each aspect of it to shreds and try and work out what went wrong and what to change next time and all that. But I just think it was one of those nights where, you know, best laid plans and all that. It just wasn't for us. Really, really unlucky injury for, for McGrath, which I think totally took us out of our rhythm. I thought we'd actually started just as positively last night as we did in the in the victory over Celtic. We were pressing them so high. We looked really comfortable on the ball. Not not a perfect performance, but but certainly something to build on and absolutely in it. And then from the moment things get shaken up with, with McGrath and the goal, which it's just a case of Dermis giving him giving him a couple of extra yards by being sucked in to to go out with the, the kind of wide defender out to the left and, and that gave someone like Rogic the the half yard that he needs to, to do something a bit special, which he's he's not done for for a long time by all accounts. Um it just seemed to really knock the stuffing out of us and after that you could have seen us maybe stealing a goal from a set piece or something, particularly once once Agent Duffy came onto the <laughs> the park. But um yeah, and, and you know, we'll we'll get to talking about Robertson and everything else, but the the penalty just killed any any yeah. kind of remaining competitiveness in it. So I'm, I'm you know, kind of joking aside on Twitter and whatnot and I'm not one to tear apart Goodwin's team selection or, or tactics to to any great degree, I, I don't think any of us will have a real detailed understanding of just how much strain the squad's under in terms of of fitness just now, and, and also staying fresh game to game when you play this many games in a short space of time. If if you keep things to a consistent, teams are 
watching every game, teams are aware of what you're doing and they'll, they'll very quickly work out how to kind of apply the pressure to make it fold. Whereas I think um, it's almost a credit to Goodwin that in some of our bigger performances this season, you know, the Rangers game in the cup or the Celtic win and, and whatnot with a different systems, different team selections, and it all seems to be coming together. So mm-hmm. that's going to go for you sometimes and sometimes it's not. And not going for you against a team which seems to be kind of getting closer to the kind of performances that they're capable of. I don't think there's any real reason for for shame in my book. It's just one to, to forget about and, and move on to, to Saturday. Aye, I agree with everything you said, mate. I think you just lost any rhythm we had. I think obviously we never really had many shots, but when McGrath was on, he had the kind of early we won for distance. I know it was for distance, it was an entire, but it you know, showed Celtic that they were in a game, you know, if they were going to pick up the ball 20, 30 yards for goal, that we, you know, weren't frightened to try and work it in the box from McGrath. But I think uh, after that, it just it never looked as if we were going to get our foot in the ball in midfield. Uh, I'd, I think I said to you in the group chat, like, with Flynn, I really don't know where Flynn was meant to be playing. Did Flynn looked as if he was miles away for everybody else. I don't know if he was there to... He looked as if he was on the side, I think, the first two times. I seen Ayer run up the park. He ran up one challenge and I thought, oh, maybe Flynn's not done his job right. But I just couldn't work out what the role was in that. And uh, Just none of the passing went right. We were constantly losing the ball. We weren't losing as much as Andy Walker would probably have, you believe. But uh, I think the die, I think the market just got up to the second goal and the, the heads just went after that. And with the way the decision went, you can't really blame them. It's a blatant dive. You know, Taylor's said he's been pulled back but he's went forward it doesn't make sense to me but obviously we'll touch on that in a minute yeah I think basically he's hit the nail on the head with that like um, right up until McGrath had to come off with that injury like um, we did look the better side we were producing a lot of decent football and we looked like we had a bit of a threat and after that was taken well, he was obviously taken off injured like it took what, two minutes to get the, the get me McAllister on and that's where Celtic scored from so that kind of a bit of a kick in the balls a wee bit that but like as the game kind of progressed I really couldn't see really where the goal was going to come from you would probably think maybe a set piece or a cross into the box or something but we really weren't producing that much and I'm not saying that we lost this match because of the referee referee. Um, I just don't think that we would have would have scored from like an open play um, I'm not saying that's Goodman's fault when you look at the, the players that he had like or how he set up it I think he set up correctly and it was very similar to the way we set up when we beat them the only thing is as much as I love Obika I, I, I don't think he was scoring in that match at all like um, he had a few chances near the end but that's where Celtic have kind of took the foot off the gas a, a little bit um, that game was the way we were playing we were crying out for a striker that would do a lot more running than Obika can um, but unfortunately we don't have that striker to pick because of injuries to Dennis and Brophy the only other striker on the bench was Lee Irwin and I can't see him making a big difference in there either so we're, we've kind of had a decent amount of depth from the start of the month when you were looking right we've got 8 matches coming up you were kind of comfortable but we've been picking up a few unlucky injuries here and there as well um, hopefully McGrath isn't out for, for too long uh, but yeah, it's unfortunate the match, and uh, we we may as well go to the talking points, and that is uh, the the first one mainly we should talk about is the penalty. I I like I generally don't think it's a penalty at all. Like Aye. it's a complete and utter dive. Yeah. Like see the a couple of weeks back, I can't remember who it was against where um, Obika got booked for diving, 
Like, I don't think that was a penalty, but that was more like there was actual contact on that. That wasn't a dive. And like, for some reason, this one apparently it was a stone waller, according to Andy Walker, even though he couldn't say which part <laughs> the contact was made. But the contact was there, assures him. And then the Celtic TV panel afterwards of John Collins and James McFadden both agreed with that as well. So. <laughs> It was nice Bad. of Sky just to use the Celtic TV coverage. I know. Uh, Not bother using their own cameras yeah. or anything. That was handy. Streamline. <laughs> cheaper. <laughs> nah, I, I, the penalty decision just completely threw it off for me. I, I, I don't actually think, you know, he ended up, he's gave the penalty and we've ended up with two bookings out because I don't actually, did Flynn get booked for the foul or did Flynn get booked for complaining? Because it looked as if he booked him after he was complaining at the same time with McCarthy and and just the more you watch it back, the more it's mental that even in real time for where the referees stand. And I don't know why he's gave it. I don't know if he's just maybe seen somebody go down and shot himself. But, you know, for years we've always tried to... It's not that it's if we're paranoid, we sound as if we're playing the victim. But games are refereed differently against the old firm. And you know, last night was the most perfect example. You'll see it was just too many daft decisions. Every 50-50 looked as if it was going in the favour of Celtic. A lot of stuff went kind of... Unpunished, it wasn't fair on us, but we never lost the game because of the refereeing decision. We lost the game because we were pretty shy. The refereeing decision just kind of mm-hmm. helped swing it in the way and made the scoreline look 10 times worse than what it was. Yeah, well, the, I think, the, sorry, Angel. No, sorry, I was just gonna say, I think you take that penalty out, and I think we probably get beat 1 0. Yeah, last night, like I think what you were saying, Jimmy, about no, I wasn't confident that it was a goal coming at all. I just thought at 1 0. I would never, in this current team that we've got, I would never write us off from snatching a goal from somewhere. We've, We've done it often enough because of goalkeeping errors and mm-hmm. and whatnot in in recent months. But um, I the first time I saw a replay of the penalty incident, I saw Flynn's hands come up and I was like, "Oh, he's not, you know, put one across his chest or taken a wee bit of his shirt or something." He's, he's given him a decision to make. But I, honestly, the more times you watch it, you know, I don't think he could touch him any less. I don't think there's there's anything in it whatsoever. I just don't get it. Some of ours recently that have been a bit soft have. You know, you can argue the opposite because it's for us and, and whatnot, but the, there's, there's kind of been something to hang your hat on, like a proper clip of the ankles or, you know, like someone's foot following through um, behind it, like Shaughnessy's heel or Erwin's foot or whatever it was. But you look at that and just what you were saying, Sam, like was a hand that's literally brushed the back and probably just brushed the shirt, probably wasn't even solid enough to like touch his back and he's fallen forward. Like there's nothing in that whatsoever. It's a, an absolute homer of a decision. But yeah, as you were saying, Sam, like I, I don't think that there is a conspiracy theory about referees in Scotland and stuff. They're just pretty shite. But they do referee the old firm differently because they know if they make a mistake against the old firm, there's going to be so much scrutiny over that referee, and then Aye. their allegiances get pulled in, and they say, "Oh, what, what school did they go to, or what what establishments might be they members of, and all this kind of thing." Um, Aye, well, I think the I think the referees in this country are obviously pretty bad but as you said like if you make a like if you go into you want listen to Clyde one you watch like any panel show the country's got a weird obsession with referees as it is I don't like referees have had abuse people coming to their houses mm-hmm. doing stuff to their cars etc like kind of if they can get an easy ride off a, a bulk of the support like, they're going to yeah. go with that it's just it's ten times easier for them to give a decision to mm-hmm. Rangers or Celtic in games against clubs like us Hamilton St Johnson etc then they actually kind of go against the grain. I mean, we've seen what happened to David Dickinson after the Rangers game. I think he's been in Siberia refereeing, even though he was the fourth official <laughs> last night. He's not been near a top-level game since. And 
you know, that was one of the better referees we've had. Uh, the guy who was ready to make decisions against Rangers, make big calls, and you know, it just looks as if we're back to the kind of same old ones that have been cycling about for years that aren't really up to the job. Yeah, I think that attitude just kind of feeds into to all aspects of that. Though, like I, I rewatched the just a quick five minute highlight package on. Um, on YouTube today, and I, I didn't watch sports scene, but I saw people talking about it earlier on. Like a lot of our kind of moaning and bitching in the group chat during the game was about the the McGregor tackle on Erehon and then the Brown yeah. tackle out wide. Which you know, I'm, I'm you know, I'm not I'm not mental. I'm not sitting here crying about it not being a red card or anything like that. But that cast iron yellow card challenges for me. Like I don't I don't understand how there could be any argument that they're not. They're both late, high, dangerous challenges potentially. Not not much between them and what Obika ended up getting done for, and I think that was just a question of time. And Obika's just yeah. caught the guy in a slightly worse position, and it's not any worse a, a tackle for my money. But Obika's the one booked, and mm-hmm. and we're saying, well, at least you know, at least they'll talk about that. But they're, they're not included in the highlights, yeah. or yeah. spoken about, or, or anything. That's that's what I mean. I think I think you're totally right, Sam. I don't think there is some kind of coverall um, referee conspiracy in this country. I don't think that anything ever goes against us because of who we are. I, I don't think that you know Glasgow City Council are trying to stop Rangers winning the league title or everyone else in the country is trying to stop Celtic winning the title. I don't think that that's an actual thing, but I don't think there's much debate that things don't really get analysed about mm-hmm. when, it, when it's in, in favour or against a, a kind of smaller team, in quotes. And I, I think that was kind of textbook last night. I think we were... It was just a weak refereeing performance, all in. Just a bad no, performance. I've not said, but obviously, with the phrase I've said, you know, the refereeing decisions don't make a kind of bearing on the result. We're more than likely going to lose the game one or two nil anyway. But I think the game could have been completely different if you're, you know, McGregor and Brown are the two centre midfielders. I mean, you see how much the play went through the two of them last night. It's it could have been a completely different game if the two of them were having a bit more cautious in their mm-hmm. approach, but. You know, I think the one way McGregor, I just really don't get how the guy, you can, every camera angle, you can see that Don Robertson's feet away, he's five, six foot away. I don't know how at the point that he's looking at that, but he's seen that there's nothing in that. And I don't know if it's maybe just a case of how early it was in the game, but it's, I, I, I hate that. I hate when people say, ah, it's early in the game, you don't want to get the cards at us. The yellow card challenge is a yeah. yellow card challenge. It doesn't, it doesn't matter when he done it, but I can't it was and it make a fucking difference so yeah uh, as you were saying mark there about how like the coverage of the the um tackles and stuff like that they weren't even like shown in the highlights package like you you put that penalty at the other side of the park and we win that penalty that's on the back of every paper that's in the, uh, every pundit's talking about how he's went over softly and have conned the referee and we've seen it in the past where like um it was Ismail Goncalves when he took the dive outside the box against Celtic and he got the penalty is that um, the one he's a geary to footed him inside the box? <laughs> yeah, that one. <laughs> he got like a two-match ban for it. Like, and it, yeah. it's, it's not it's not his fault that the referee got that decision wrong, but he was the one punished for it. It's it's. Uh, I can remember arguing about that decision with Celtic fans that I work with, and and I know and saying like, it, I, I I get that you're upset about what looks like a fairly bad decision, but. Like, just need to go back to like the Nakamura dive outside yeah. the box against us and the winning goal from the the free kick and all that kind of stuff. Like, well, this Boris isn't some attempted yeah. murder on Craig Dargo. <laughs> I know, I've always retired him. Jesus. 
but, but I, that that doesn't that doesn't mean that there's something against Celtic because you get one penalty decision against you. It means that you're finally tasting what it's like to support literally any other club in the country for yeah for a tiny percentage of the time. It's just it's just but it's a tough job, right? Like I wouldn't be going to my work ninety five and then going for the sake of a few hundred quid to get shouted at and then put on the back page of the paper so that three million people can hate me every weekend. Like <laughs> I don't know I don't know why folk do it, but for, for doesn't mean you've got to like the decisions that I made. Ex footballer who's still trying to cling on to any relevancy that in, in his life to go, oh <laughs> always yes. wants to make it about himself, doesn't he? Goodwin uh Goodwin done the referees course. Did he? I think that's why he's uh, quite you know, critical of referees because I think he probably knows he could go and do a better job himself. But you need to watch that none of the Celtic fan media podcasts are listening to this, or you'll have just kicked off another conspiracy. Nah, theory. Celtic fan Jim Goodwin gifts Celtic four 0 one. Heart and hand will be losing the right now. They'll be like, see, they're even training ex-Celtic players to be referees. Are you seeing this? <laughs> <laughs> Veins popping everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> You can actually do a higher referee in at St Andy's. <laughs> Part of the system. That's why they try to get rid of them. Um, yeah, well, there isn't really much else we can really say on the Celtic game. Like, we kind of it doesn't define our season. I can't see this like going it. Like, I can't imagine this having a major knock-on effect. Um, only other thing could that would have the knock-on effect is the injury to McGrath. Um, he's going for a scan. Hopefully, doesn't. It's just two weeks he's out for, and not the long haul. Aye, I think. Uh, I think it's the only thing that really is frustrating for me is it's really completely unlike us to lose goals like that. But yeah. we, we, we under Goodwin have only really had a high figure score like four or five a couple of times, and it's just really disappointing you know I'm not really I'm more annoyed at the fact that we've managed to get the goal difference up against the mm-hmm. United and after a freak result and then we've just fucking battled it all the way back didn't they like minus six you know for St Mirren at this stage of the season you know minus six is incredible it's incredible for us like it's the fact that there's teams in the league that have conceded 50 odd goals and we're only still sitting on 32 is remarkable mm-hmm. it's a testament to how good we are at defending but you know, for the third and fourth goal last night, we just completely switched off. Mm-hmm. And it's what—it's just one of those things. I'd love to see some more of a plus tally. And I was—I was looking at that goal difference column as well. It's sad, but, but like these sort ah, of we'll get it. We'll you, get it. I know. We, we just need to hammer somebody else. Like we got Aberdeen next, easy. <laughs> uh, they've no. Is that one one and eight there on? Think we know how that one goes. <laughs> Yeah, let's be as negative as about it as possible to get the positive <laughs> result because that's what I've done against Kilmarnock, which we'll go on to now. I did say in my prediction that we'd only have one shot on target and we'd lose one 0 Well, I said it's going to be three 0 to Kelly. So, so that that's it. we've found the formula. We just have to be as negative as possible. We just need there's too many people like that were too positive yesterday with the with the team sheet saying that's a good team. No, it's no fucking get them out. <laughs> Good for now. Some love proving fans wrong. So we, the, the more miserable they are, the more chance we will win something. It's no, it's, it's no coincidence that the first full season that the Misery Hunters podcast has been in session, that we're doing the best we've done in fucking years. It's <laughs> <laughs> very off-brand. I know. <laughs> um, but yeah, going go to the Kilmarnock game. Um, 
very professional job. Um, we didn't get to see the the matchup that we've been waiting to see of Dylan Connolly versus um, uh, Callum Waters, but you know we've got one more chance to see that because you know we'll finish in the top six and they'll finish bottom six the way that's going. Um, but hopefully, hopefully we'll get we'll get it one chance. But we still we we very professional job and we won the match and we controlled the match pretty clearly as well. Aye. Big time we were, you know, start to finish. We were in complete control. No, no, we never get the Connolly and Waters match up. I think uh, the big guy right back, Rossi, we done this all day, had an absolutely torrid time. And even when Connolly came on in the second half, you know, it was clear that it was a target. You know, the guy just get battered up and did the park non stop. But uh, even in the middle of the park, I think Erehon and Jake Doyle Hayes were, you know, absolutely, they were sensational for the whole of the game. You know, Kyle as well. It was the reason why like, that was obviously there. Here, like Goodman, caught like non-stop, and mm-hmm. people are getting on the ball, screaming to give the ball, to give it to McCall, give it to McCall, and I think we're obviously it's a testament to how well he's been playing. And he took his goal well. I think he's been a, you know, you'd seen him score a header. I think people probably thought he was talking shite when I said he scored a header, but <laughs> it was you know such a great goal. It came field Baker dropping deep, giving the ball to Dunmus. Dunmus gave the boy a doing great ball in. And, just the goal kind of summed up the what we're good at just now is passing it and when our wingers and midfielders are playing well we tend to win there's not a lot of teams that are kind of capable of stopping us that way you know we've seen it when games against Rangers and Celtic if the midfielders are on song then you know, we're a pretty hard team to beat we've got a good enough defence behind them I was pretty uh, worried about the shape going three at the back I literally a fan of it I think we've had a couple of dodgy performances at the start of the season when we done it so uh, St Johnston away in particular but uh, you know, but I know that's a few games we've played the three at the back and just dominated games. So I'm probably, as Jamie said, I'm just going to moan about the team selection, see what happens. <laughs> that's it. So I told you it's a winning formula. We moan about it. We do well. Um, although, uh, does this co- becoming knowledgeable of that formula then counteract it? Don't know. I think I think we're fucked up for something new for Saturday, but <laughs> but yeah. Um, I don't think there's many other talking points than what you just said. Like um, McAllister had a good game. Uh, him scoring a header and a goal that's been like, he's he hasn't scored in a while. He's been doing well with like I think his assist rate like numbers are really high. Um, but it made me laugh. It shows you like we kind of talked about it. I think we talked about it last week on the podcast. I can't remember if it was the bit afterwards or not when we were talking about how like TV pundits do absolutely no research into St Mern and they just pick a player and say aye they're good and like Chris Sutton Sutton always does it to Kyle McAllister well Andy Walker done it last night against Celtic as well when Kyle McAllister took just a pot shot from nowhere and he goes like we know what we see from Kyle McAllister he's one to hit like trouble the goalkeeper in that position and score goals and I was like score goal he scored his first header well he scored a header his first goal of the season his first goal since well is it his second goal since he came back was his first? I can't remember. But um, but he's, he's been off the boil. Fucking two years, literally. I know. It's, he's been off the boil for a while, and we are seeing the best of him coming back, which is which is great. Um, but it just shows you that they really don't like put any research in at all. I think we saw the Erehon that that's been talked about um, for mm-hmm. for a long time now against Kelly. He actually started a wee bit shaky. I thought he, he you know, um, it maybe quite wasn't up to it up to the same level as, as some of the others in the team in terms of how comfortable he was at the ball right at the start but very very quickly I thought he he took over and he was the one that was like winning the ball for us in the Kelly half and not letting them 
break with any kind of regularity at all. And I thought Kelly put in a performance like we've seen from Simon countless times where you just know within five or ten minutes that it's not going to be your day, that mm-hmm. the, 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 the our defence was going to kind of stand up to whatever they were throwing. And it was just... It's just a question of, of how many times can can we break the break through and, and it, it was just it was, it was enjoyable to watch but mm-hmm. it, I think you're right there's just not that much you can come away from it like talking about in in huge detail because it, it felt like a bit of a a bit of a procession at times uh, it was good to see Obika get another yeah another goal and a, and a reward for the the kind of persistence which I think was his his hallmark when he was banging them in yeah. last season like that's. Just you know, maybe early chances. in the season, Abika's confidence down. He's not just harassing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't even a centre half, was it? it was power that had the ball, power. wasn't it? He's just goal. on him and on him and on him until the ball <laughs> breaks for him and, and he sticks away. Well, that that's what we're, we're yeah, again. He said it was a great goal. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, like that's what we do love about Obika. He's an absolute nuisance. Um, yeah. If you are a bit on, shaky on the ball, he's right there and he's he's a big guy to be right there on, t- on top of you and he, he has these moments where he ha- just has a burst of speed which he doesn't show a lot of the, a lot of the times but every now and then he's very quick to get onto a ball that happens to be a bit loose or he's, he's he has the ball and then he'll, he'll turn and the defender's not expecting him to turn that quickly happens quite a lot um, I do even though like, like I said about the Celtic game as well I do love Obika Um I do think that um, that Kilmarnock game would have been perfect for a player like Christian Dennis. Like the amount of chances we created, and there was points yeah. where there were just shots where they were you were thinking, God, the way Dennis has been playing, you know, he would have at least got that on target, or he would have made a better effort with it, or done something a bit different. And I think the goal, um, the goal, like the scoreline, even would have been a bit higher, like closer to the sort of Dundee United range. But um, like we. we one two now clean sheet and we hadn't beaten like the past two matches we played Kilmarnock we never even I think we registered one shot and target out of those two matches so um, it is a big improvement and I'm just intrigued to see where we can continue going It's quite nice to, to see a performance like that get put in on a Saturday and to be able to just relax Yeah, watching the football the, the only thing I could compare that to is the relaxing smooth taste of teardrop gin <laughs> <laughs> for my money the best gin in the Renfrewshire market <laughs> just just the Renfrewshire market I have it up there with the, like, the world market <laughs> but just pers- <laughs> yeah the, the, gin like no other um, <laughs> that was a very nice <laughs> um, that was good yeah, I wasn't was was expecting it to be as good as that but I was, when, I was when you started that I was like was that <laughs> when you started I was like what are you about to say <laughs> <laughs> but uh, fair enough um, um, yeah. the answer as always is I'm going for my teardrop Jim <laughs> well we know that from now on um, yeah um, and then we've got Aberdeen up next uh, Aberdeen away be really interesting to see how we, we shape up against this um, I think it's, we're pretty confident that McGrath is going to be out uh, we don't know how long Brophy is out for like confirmed yet but like I think he's getting a scan on his foot from an injury that he, that's carried on from Kilmarnock might explain a reason why his form's not been that great either like we obviously know once hopefully that can get sorted out and he can come back um, Colin Quena is he due back anytime soon? Uh, I'm sure that he's due that he's been training this week so hopefully we can maybe see him on the bench on Saturday you know it's been a bit of a shame for him to be honest he's come in he's obviously been done off of Murray Davidson who's a total clogger as it is in, 
which kind of put about for a few weeks. But you know, we need players like Quainer. That mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I like Obika, but I just think if anything was to happen to Obika in the next few weeks, you know, Big John's does a like, power of work. He's not really going to be able to play two games a week for the next three or four weeks. So we really do need other options. I'm going to really be confident getting me Erwin. And if we've not got Erwin, if Quainer's not fit, then we're only really left with Lewis Jameson, who nobody's really seen enough of. I know he's highly rated at youth level, but we've not seen enough of him mm-hmm. uh, to know if he can come in and do a job at this level yet. But uh, who knows? He might come in and bang them in. So. To be fair, it wouldn't like, be against at all a guy like yeah. that getting some, some nah, minutes yeah, when we've got uh, this many games to to work with. And I think <laughs> Pitodri, when you look at the games that we've got coming up after it, the, the run of home games against you know Livingston will be a challenge, but they're all all winnable games for sure. Away to Pitodri three days after a you know a kind of hard going performance and three days before what you would say is almost a, a more important one to take some some points in. I wouldn't be against at all some of the younger guys getting a bit of a run out and seeing what they can do and, and maybe that then gives you more options for the rest of the month and, and kind of opens things up a bit because we're looking we're looking quite stretched just now it's it's, it's it shows you how far how, how close it is sorry to go from looking like we've got too many attacking options and how are you going to keep people unhappy and who's going to sit in the stands for the rest of the season to I don't actually know who's going to play for I'll be Carl Irwin. next week yeah like it's <laughs> It's um, it's a, a source of stress, which I'm sure none of us thought we were going to have like mm-hmm. three weeks ago, based on on who was kind of hanging around. So, because like the the, the Obika tactic does work if like if you're like Aberdeen are, are an attacking, well, semi-attacking team. I know the fans want them to be a bit more attacking, um, and we might do them a favor by possibly being like getting Derek McKenna sacked. Who knows? Um, <laughs> But like, I know that it's 17 and a half fucking grand a week he'll not be getting sacked no. um, he uh, with like kind of launching the ball up to Obika like you kind of need a faster player round about him you've not got that if Jamie McGrath's not playing you've got Dermis but Dermis is usually more on the wing kind of thing you couldn't imagine him playing like that uh, I did see Jameson play when he came on against Partick Thistle. I was at that match in the Betfred Cup. One thing I'll say, he's quick and he runs for everything. Yeah. Absolutely everything he runs for. He's just a hungry player that wants to show what he can do. So yeah. that option could be like extremely viable. We've seen him on the bench. I've noticed a few times as well when we're putting up the training shots, he's always right behind the beaker. In those photographs, if you go back and have a wee look, you'll see it. So hopefully that is a, a sign that maybe that... Could be a tactic that we might go ahead with. Aye. I think uh, Aberdeen are not a massive slump at the moment. You know, they're one win and seven or eight, but I think uh, injuries are probably going to force a hand to maybe be a bit more defensive yeah. than we probably want to be. You know, if you've not got McGrath, the team in the league loses a player like that and you can stick in a player like for like. Like he's, he's a massive influence on us and, you know, I'd imagine we'll maybe start with McPherson in his place on Saturday. You know, I, I like Cammy. I think Cammy's a decent enough player, but he's not going to take a hold of a game and kind of drag it apart the way McGrath does. But I think, eh, obviously, for all the attacking play that's been you know, praised, the passing stuff's got as well. I honestly wouldn't be two against trying to shit-fest a point for the game on Saturday. But at the same time, though, Aberdeen are there for the take. You know, they're pretty slow at the back. They play with the three at the back, Taylor, Considine, and uh, I think it's Tommy Hoban. They're not particularly quick, you know, if we can get Dermis and Connolly to have a go at them. And you somebody like Big John in the middle who more than often 
can you know stick a chance away then McGeer's had a good chance of coming away for them I think the last few times we've been at Pitodry you know apart from the couple of times you know, in the cup with Jack Ross and under Stubbs and that you know we took downs you know it was you know, we were losing four goals every time we went you know the last few times we've actually took points so there's no reason why we should be feared to actually go and have a go but I do get the feeling that we're going to set up a wee bit defensive just with the injuries etc I'm trying to have an eye in the Hamilton game as well mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know if um, if Kim Berry's over yet because um, no, there was talk of him being not. delayed uh, which means you've, I think Hedges is now is he out for the season the right. season who had been playing centrally for them so you've got to assume like Hornby's going to start or Callum Hendry mm-hmm. I don't think there's it's just an unknown quantity. I've never seen anything from Callum Hendry that makes me like overly worried before going into a game like this. But at the same time, I wouldn't I wouldn't rule him out putting in a a performance for the new club and, and all that kind of stuff. I, I've seen Hornby play for the, the under twenty ones and he looks a real handful. But I think that's the kind of striker we quite enjoy playing against just now. I don't think Shaughnessy and McCarthy are, are two that will be will be bullied much by by a big physical striker. I'd, I'd more be worried about what's around him and. And maybe us being slightly on our heels and, and them getting goals, you know, kind of from second balls at the edge of the box or clumsy set pieces, that kind of thing. I think you're you're totally right, Sam. It's just a, a game I think we need to just set up quite solidly and, and get through and, and not not stress about too much. Not not can you know, not give give anything up before we start and all that, but I'm just so wary of the, the strain on the squad just now and mm-hmm. being too almost too greedy getting into a game like this when they're so Many points on the on the, the board there to be won from games which we can probably dictate a bit more than mm-hmm. going up to, to Aberdeen against a team that's got something to, to really prove just now. Um, it'll, be a, it'll be a bit of a slog, I think. Well, we do have Hamilton right after that as well. Um, normally, <laughs> it's really hard to say oh, that's a massive six-pointer, but it, once once upon a time would have been, but we're, we're, I, I can't see as getting dragged into a relegation battle from the position that we're in at the moment. I think we're more than capable of continuing the kind of form we've been on, even though we have had a few injury problems. So I think we can kind of go into this game against Hamilton with the pressure off. It's very rare for us, so it might be quite interesting to see how we go to this game is like like we saw it like sort of last season when we played Hamilton. I think Goodwin kind of set up quite defensively against them as a team, we're, we, as in let's not lose this match. And I think we drew one each or something. Uh, the Tuesday night game. Yeah. And uh, that was the one Mikel Miller missed the penalty. It was yeah. a fucking nightmare that mm-hmm. night. And it's just, I think, when obviously Hamilton drew with Rangers, mm-hmm. uh, obviously the last game. And it was good to kind of look at a result like that at this stage in the season and think, I can't really care what Hamilton get. Mm-hmm. You know, Hamilton are five places below us. They're not really, it's not what we're looking at. But I, I agree with you. It's a game that we should be getting into. We're probably going to have, you know, 50-60% of the ball. Just need to take our chances, you know, games like this. It's Hamilton at this stage of the season, you know, Hamilton are capable of beating anybody. I don't know, it just gets to, when they see that there's 10 games left, I think, shite, let's turn into 0-9-10 Barcelona and start going for it. But, you know, they pick up wins against Rangers and Celtic this stage of the season, but I don't know if there's much, you know, I think this season they're, they're different, you know, they're... They, they are really looking poor. They don't really have any signs of positivity. So, I am you. It's a, a game that we should win. But, again, we don't know what Nick the squad's going to win. We don't know if we're not going to pick up any injuries at the weekend. So Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we'll move on. And I have a game in place for us, Sam. 
against Mark, which is quite funny. The last time we played this was used to, and uh, Sam won that 3-1, so just saying, Mark. Just letting you know. Revenge. I've carried that shame for weeks. <laughs> of course, the game we are talking about is who the fuck did you play for? Still don't have a sound for that yet. I did actually message two players today to see if they would do it. Neither of them <laughs> even replied. Um, <laughs> however, first player we'll go with, um, who was actually number f- the fifth player we were going to go with, if uh, you were better at this game, Mark, last time, but you weren't. <laughs> uh, but we'll let you go Entirely first. Fair. We'll let you go first. Um, played for 12 clubs, Jim Hamilton. And the look of Sam's face should put all the confidence on you winning this one. <laughs> if, if you're saying that you're not looking at my face <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll start off with a, a cautious three three Sam can you beat three he's going to get the point anyway so I'm just going to try for four he's trying for four <laughs> Mark seems happy that you've went for the four <laughs> I'll see you four oh, he's going to... so on you go Sam four clubs that Jim Hamilton has played for right St Marin. correct Motherwell correct uh, hearts correct one more and from this incorrect I had to double check that there incorrect unfortunately Mark gets the point <laughs> so it's a gamble so started his career at Dundee then Hearts Aberdeen Dundee United Dunfermline Ross County Livingston, Motherwell, St. Martin, Partick Thistle, Arbroath, and East Fife. Fucking criminal why we even signed him. Now, Sam, you're first for this one. Loads of clubs to go for. Still currently at St. Mirren, but just not as a player role. 16 clubs. Junior Mendes. Or as I found out today, which blew my mind, full name, Albert Junior Hilliard Andrew Mendes. Uh, out your bed 16 clubs 4 4 I was also sitting with 4 fingers bent over there (laughs) counting on my hands Uh, this this is your generation Mark so come on I know this is is symbolic I'll say 5 I'm not confident but I'll give it a go I'll fall into the same trap Sam fell into the last (laughs) one Sam can you name 6 no, I'd just be naming Scottish junior teams for the sake of it. <laughs> so on you go, Mark. We're looking for five. So, St. Man. Mm-hmm. Dunfermline. Mm-hmm. He started at Chelsea, Correct. I think. Uh, Partick. Mm, incorrect. <sighs> Not Partick. Cheers, Mark. Thanks for that. So, Anytime, mate. Anytime. So, while at St. Man, he had a loan spell at Carlisle. Then after Dunfermline, he went to Mansfield Town, Huddersfield Town, Northampton Town, Grimsby Town, Notts County, Lincoln City, Aldershot Town, Stevenage Borough, Elkston Town, Air United, Nairn County, and Clyde Bank. And according to Wikipedia, he's still the sports scientist at Partick Thistle. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. So that is one each. Are we just going to Make give it. each other points, Marker? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, call it a draw. I'm, I'm needing to sit between podcasts and just take through Wikipedia. I'm letting myself down here. <laughs> so, Mark, this is super cruel for both of you, but it is so funny that you get the first bid on this. Only played three matches for us, but is no doubt a legend. Played three matches this season. 
It's Bobby's Lamal. Fifteen clubs. <laughs> well, I'm going to kick us off with a healthy two, two, two. So, Sam, uh, three. He's saying three. Can you name four? I'm guessing the third that Sam's thinking he's got there is any Czech club that he can name off the top of his head. <laughs> and I, I don't know if I would back myself to name two Czech clubs. <laughs> I'm going to say I'm going to say four. I'm going to go for it. He's going for four. Oh. Are you going for five? No, okay, it's all oh. Czech clubs and two Scottish teams, isn't it? <laughs> well, there's actually well, no, I'll let I'll let Mark say he's four. Mm-hmm. Four. Well, I, I can only think of two Scottish clubs, so right. so I'll um, Simon. Correct. Hearts. Correct. Brilliant. <laughs> uh, Slavia Prague. Correct. One more. Yes. That wasn't even the one I was going to say. Would you accept Slavia Prague's under twenty ones or B team? No, we don't accept that. No, bastard. Uh, Barnick Ostrava. Not correct, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> See if he played for Slova and Bratislava, I could have definitely got four. Unfortunately, he didn't. However, you could like. We, we, I felt like hinting at certain things. But I won't, I won't, I'll tell you what, I, so he started his career, and again, pronunciations, I am extremely sorry for this if you happen to be Czech and you're shouting at me. Um, Spartak Hulin. Um, ha- Hanukkah Slavia Kromeris. They're in the Asher Juniors team, I'm sure. <laughs> you said Slavia Prague, which he did play for. You could have went across the divide. He also played for Sparta Prague. Sparta. So I was like, oh. I thought it was too obvious. <laughs> you know. Then he went to Tuscoma's Lynn. Then also, former club of Flaklav Ladke, Slovan Liberic. Udinese. Cadiz. Barry. Sigma Olomoko. Bohemians. Alanyaspor. Fastav's Lynn. And then Hearts and Simon. But Sam is your heart scouting for these folk. <laughs> I genuinely thought he was at Hearts much longer than he actually was. I thought he, and I also thought he had two styles at Hearts. I don't know who I'm thinking of when I was looking up. I was like, but Kello maybe, possibly, possibly. Yeah, I, I feel like someone has been there for years, but mm-hmm. maybe not. But uh, yeah, so currently two one Sam, and you get to go first. Uh, Twelve clubs. Andy Mellon. Oh, it's got the fingers up. Uh, four. Four. Come on, Mark. I was thinking four as well, so I'm gonna I'm gonna make you say your four. Alright, Sam on you go four. Uh Submarin. Correct. Kelly. Correct. Air. Correct. Morton. Correct. Aye. That gives Sam the W. He has won again. I'm ashamed to take that one. That was two gifted points. With the exact same score as last time, 3-1. Before I started doing this, I genuinely had myself down as a bit of a savant (laughs) about, like, about footballers' histories and all that kind of stuff. Like, 
I wasted, I've probably spent the equivalent of 14 years playing football manager, championship manager. Like, I, I didn't think there was a player whose career history I didn't know. And it turns out <laughs> the only players I don't know are some other players. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, like, see the whole when I first started playing championship manager around about like 2001 ish. And like Scott Sport first was still a thing. That's when my player knowledge was at its peak. Where I, I could tell you other clubs like David Lowing played for and all that kind of thing. But nah. I, although I, maybe one day I'll get to play this game. I'll see how well I do. I don't know. But you could also have had for Andy Mullins, St. Johnson, Alloa, Hamilton, Ipswich Town, Hibs, Rafe Rovers, Clyde and Queen's Park. Which he came out of retirement and played at 45. I feel like he's still playing the new. He probably is. He's probably still playing in the Kelly Reserves. Like, he's, <laughs> is he, is he's, he's son, probably a better player than his boy, to be fair. His son's still at Clunk? No, his son's fucking horrific. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much to Teardrop Gin for sponsoring this episode. Give those guys a wee look. Teardropgin.co.uk Really is some lovely stuff. And I'm not even a big drink, gin drinker, but I managed to... I managed to drink that and it was quite nice. Maybe it has converted me, but I'm not going to try anybody else's gin, just theirs. Uh, but as always, uh, fuck Alex Ray, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, fuck Andy Walker. I don't normally double up, but I'm going to stick with what I was intending, which is fuck Andy Walker. Mm-hmm. Uh, fuck Andy Walker, but uh, fuck Xander Diamond. Keep up with Saturday's <laughs> Aberdeen theme. <laughs> <laughs> fuck Derek McInnes, actually. <laughs> Podcast Network.